Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Steve Asawa continues our series of messages on the book of Ecclesiastes. Today, looking at chapters 8, 9, and 10. And now, here's Steve. Thank you to our music team, Dave and Becky and Chris and Stan and Bruce and Hannah, just for turning our hearts and our minds to the, the Lord this morning. And certainly, it's always a privilege to be able to partake of the emblems that remind us of the body and the blood of Jesus broken and shed for us. We're going to continue on our study in Ecclesiastes this morning. The Koheleth, or teacher, whose reflections are recorded in the book, most likely King Solomon, and he asked for and received wisdom from God. But God also gave him fame and power and riches beyond imagination because he chose to ask for wisdom instead of the latter. While he started well, Solomon eventually turned away from the Lord. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we see him just reflecting on life and trying to understand the meaning of life. So in the first six or so chapters of the book, we're told about the futility of life. All the things we do, our work, all of our accomplishments, they're all meaningless. It's vanity. It's also described like a mist or vapor. It's like life is like living in a fog at times, isn't it? Where you can't see the bigger picture. So we'll be looking at chapters 8 through 10 this morning. If you've been following our messages, you'll probably note that many of the issues or themes that we're going to touch on this morning have been touched on previously in this book. One phrase that's frequently used is under the sun. It refers to various aspects of life here on earth and generally with no regard for God. I'm not going to be reading all of the verses uh, in our passage. There's quite a few of them. So what I've done, hopefully it makes it easy to follow, is just to put the passage up and just through a different color and they're bolded, the ones that I'm going to focus on this morning. So the really short version of the message is this. We are called to obey those in authority and should live, should seek to live godly, sorry, should seek godly wisdom in all things. Life isn't fair. While we live under the sun, we need to live for the sun. We're to enjoy the life God has given us. We're all going to die one day unless the Lord returns before our time comes. And everything we see, do, and even think will be judged by the one who loved us and gave his life for us. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just marvel that the one who created and sustains the universe created and sustains one like us. It's just so amazing. Thank you, Father, for the love for the grace that sent Jesus to the cross for us. Thank you for your word and just pray that 
God, you would guide us through your spirit this morning, Lord, as we open it. Just to find some pearls of wisdom that we can apply to our lives to draw closer to you and to honor you. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So the the first section is directed towards those who are being trained for the king's service. And the subtitle in the English Standard Version, which I've got up here, is Keep the King's Command. This first section covers uh, chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. Who is like the wise, and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine. Keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, What are you doing? The wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything. All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun, when man had power over man to his hurt. In chapter 2, the teacher lamented that all he had done, all that he had accomplished and taught for under the sun was meaningless because it would be left to another and who knew if that person would be wise or foolish. And you can see this in Ecclesiastes 2, verses 18 and 19. The wise person in this section is the one who follows the teacher's advice. I would differentiate between what I call earthly wisdom and godly wisdom, or what my father-in-law sometimes referred to as wisdom from above. Earthly wisdom helps people make decisions to help them succeed in life. Success is usually based on things like careers, money, enjoying the good things that money has to offer, family, friends, and in some cases, status and power. Some achieve these things through honest means, and some through less than honorable means. Some people are wonderful neighbors, they're great to be around. Others, not so. And even though some achieve the success through less than honorable means, often they're still looked up to and admired by people. Now, godly wisdom points us to the one who's ultimately in control of everything and shows us how to live in a way that is both beneficial to us and honoring to God. Both types of wisdom can make a person's face shine. The trials and tribulations of life are easier to deal with when we are digging into a deeper hole and we can put things into context of the bigger picture. If our faces never shine, if we never smile, And I think we need to be praying for more wisdom from above. We're told to keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. God is sovereign, and the Bible is clear that he's the one who puts authorities in place. This certainly applies to the kings that we read about in the Bible, and still applies to us. As Canada is in the Commonwealth, Some people are formally required to swear an oath or to affirm their allegiance to King Charles, 
for example, federal politicians. But this command applies to other authorities as well. In Romans 13, 1-7, we're told, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Kings in biblical times had absolute power, and people could be executed for offending the king. So they needed to obey the king's command, and being hasty, in other words, leaving the king's service, wasn't an option. Nor was it wise to ask him, are you crazy? Like, who came up with that idea? You know, one simply obeyed. And it doesn't preclude the chance that sometimes you could suggest things to the king, but they have to do it carefully. Solomon notes, the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there's a time and a way for everything. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Yet I know it will be well with those who fear God, but it will not be well with the wicked. While God appoints those in leadership, it doesn't mean that all is going to go smoothly, does it? In those days, prisons were meant to hold people awaiting trial. Time in jail wasn't the punishment. Punishment in those days could be things like a certain number of lashes. You might have a body part taken off. Or you could even be executed. Here we see that people's hearts are turned to evil because the wheels of justice take too long. In other words, when people see that others are getting away with things, it encourages them to follow the same behaviors. Now, nowadays, people put boards over broken windows. They cover up graffiti really quickly so that others won't see and follow suit. Regardless of what some of those people are doing, the teacher notes that it will be well with those who fear God, and it's not going to be well with the wicked. There are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. And I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom, then I saw all the work of God However, however much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even a wise man cannot find it out. So, not to be the bearer of bad news, but in case you haven't noticed, life isn't fair. Sure, there are times when people do good things and they're rewarded for it. There are also times people do bad or dumb things And sometimes it comes back on them right away. The teacher's issue here is there are times when righteous people experience bad things and there are times when wicked people experience good things. Neither deserves 
what they get from an earthly or human perspective. It doesn't make sense, does it? Where's the wisdom in that? And not even a wise man can find that out. Something I've noticed lately, and perhaps you have as well, is that people generally feel more entitled to things that they deserve than they were just even a few years back. Some people expect and they demand that promotion. They expect and demand a seat on that certain seat on the plane, a spot in that restaurant. And they expect and demand to be treated as if they're royalty. And woe to the person who doesn't meet those expectations. Sometimes they get what they really deserve. And sometimes they get away with their bad behavior. Things under the sun don't always make sense. Regardless, the teacher commends joy. Live joyfully. How are we doing in that regard? The other day, Bruce Royal, trust that this is okay to quote you, Bruce, noted that an acronym for joy is this. Jesus, others, yourself. Put Jesus first in all things, then others, and lastly yourself. If we put the foci in that order, then we'll experience true joy in our lives. As we sung, For my Savior leads me, he will hold me fast through our lives. For my Savior loves me so, and he will hold me fast. Saying about how he leads, he keeps us from falling. He carries us. Indeed, that's the position of the Christian, isn't it? Throughout, no matter what happens in life, we know that he's with us. And through the good times and the bad, he's always there with us. But this I lay to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise in their deeds are in the hand of God. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil. This is an evil that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But he who is joined with the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they shall have no more share in all that is done under the sun. So, enjoy life with the one you love. Go, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already proved what you do. Let your garments always be white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the, life, with the wife you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge, or wisdom, and shield where you are going. 
And we noted, I noted earlier, that people don't always get what they deserve, at least not from an earthly perspective. The good news is that the righteous and the wise are in the sovereign hand of God, aren't they? It's not that we're so good, though. Our righteousness comes through Jesus. We don't have to worry about life because God loves us and he's in control even when we don't know what's coming our way. The same event happens to all whether they are righteous or wicked, whether they are good or evil. We're told the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. All of us will die unless the Lord returns to earth before our time comes. Death comes to all, regardless of attitude or behaviors, what others thought about you, even if you attended church or not. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. In biblical times, dogs were considered to be unclean scavengers. They're generally wild, traveled in packs, and could be a threat to animals and people. Yet a live dog... I knew I shouldn't have tried that. A live dog is better than a dead, and I'll add noble and strong, lion. The general belief was that death was the end, and people were rewarded for action, their actions while they were still living on earth. Although some realized that there was something more following death, the concept of heaven as we know it wasn't so evolved in Solomon's day. So the living have hope. The instruction is to enjoy life because that is our portion. Eat, drink, look for the positive, and enjoy life you have with your spouse. It's a gift from God. Our hope in life should be founded on the Lord Jesus, shouldn't it? In 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is talking about being a good servant of Christ Jesus, and he notes this. Train yourself for, rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive. Because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Sometimes the outcome of things just isn't what we expect. We expect somebody to win a sporting event. We expect the strong to prevail in battle. We expect the hardworking entrepreneurs to become rich. We expect the educated to succeed. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor with those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all, for a man does not know his time. Like fish that are taken in a net, sorry, and like birds caught in a snare, the children of man are snared in the evil time 
when it suddenly falls on them. So the teacher notes that we're all subject to time and chance. Regardless of our physical abilities, regardless of our work ethic, regardless of our intelligence, or any other thing, we're all subject to things like health issues, family problems, being exposed to weather events, all these things and many more while we live under the sun. And just as we don't know what life will bring, neither do we know when our earthly lives will come to an end. I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Perhaps Solomon had heard what happened in 2 Samuel 20. His, father, his father's army was after Sheba, son of Bichri, and he took his men and they took refuge in Abel of Beth Maccah. And so the army surrounded it. The city was besieged. They built up a mount and they were getting ready to batter down the walls to get this man. And what happened? A wise woman of the city said, well, let's talk about this. And she negotiated the death or the head of Bikri in exchange for the safety of the city. Interestingly, the woman's not named. The words and wisdom of the poor are often ignored in this world. They can't know what they're talking about. Look at them. They're not successful. Why would we listen to that? We see here, though, that wisdom beats weapons. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's to the left. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps him succeed. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. I'm just going to skip past this part. Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Oh, some skeptics out there. <laughs> Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature will tell you the matter. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right. The right side of an authority figure was seen as the best place to be. For example, we know that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. We're told a fool's heart inclines him to the left. I like the way that the complete Jewish Bible puts it. 
A wise man's heart leads him rightly, but a fool's heart leads him astray. According to Webster's Dictionary, a fool is a person who acts unwisely or imprudently. From a biblical perspective, a fool might be characterized as someone who lacks proper fear or even an acknowledgement of God. A fool is someone who deliberately turns away from the things of God. Earlier, we noted how a person should behave in the presence of a king, and we noted that this applies to authorities in general. I would suggest that remaining calm is a key to helping diffuse any tense situation, regardless of who you're dealing with. It's something I need to practice. Solomon then provides a few cautions and wisdom for life. A couple of cautions. Perhaps don't do these things seem more like better than the caution itself of how to do it. They seem to focus on things that people try and do to get ahead in the world. Does anyone remember the story of how Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers? He was thrown into a what? A pit? When walls were broken down, for example, to get into a city, serpents sometimes took advantage of those stones that were cast aside to get into the shade and the cool. And so, just some context for the warning about the serpent biting you. Some move stones that mark property boundaries. Certainly that's a big no-no. A couple others seem to be more along the lines of just be careful. A few of us were reflecting recently on how dangerous mining used to be and still is, although to a much lesser extent. The tools and methods used a few days back were extremely difficult and dangerous. Similarly, people working in the bush using buck saws, axes, and later chainsaws were often injured, sometimes killed on the job. Even splitting wood in somebody's driveway can be dangerous. And I was reminded that of this past summer, and I still have a mark on one knee and one fingernail to prove it. In Proverbs 27:17, we read this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need godly wisdom in this life, don't we? We need to be reading God's word and helping each other to understand its meaning and application for our lives. We need to be sharpening our minds and strengthening our hearts for action. Wisdom and folly follow what's in the heart. Ben Franklin has been quoted as saying, The heart of a fool is in his mouth, but the mouth of the wise man is his heart. The words of the wise bring favor. They can be like instruments of God's grace and blessing to the recipient. Wisdom corrects. Wisdom builds up. Wisdom brings joy. Wisdom brings hope for this life and the one to come. We're told that money answers everything. I'd call that wisdom from below. Bad advice for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. It can certainly help in many situations, but I trust we all know that money doesn't answer everything. Does anyone remember being told, if you can't say anybody anything nice about someone, don't say anything at all? Have you ever been surprised by somebody knowing 
about something you said or did that you thought nobody knew about? A little birdie told me. Apparently that scene comes from this verse. Nothing's really a secret anymore, is it? And the king finding out something that you said or did could have really serious implications. Interestingly, sorry, increasingly, we live in a world where everything is on the record. What we say and do may not may be shared verbally, but once it's out electronically, it's incredibly difficult, possibly sometimes impossible, to retract it. Have you ever been in a conversation and then Sierra or Alexa or somebody just kicks in and joins your conversation? Have you, said, have you ever noticed that you suddenly get these ads popping up and they pertain to a conversation you were just having? The creator of the universe knows everything that we say and do. He also knows our thoughts. The Bible tells us that one day, sorry, the Bible tells us that one who gave his life for us on the cross will also be our judge. Whether we spend eternity in heaven or in hell, won't be determined by how successful we are under the sun. It won't be determined by you know, whether we are, how honest we were or by our family values or caring for others. We're all imperfect and we're all sinful. Our eternity will be determined by our relationship to Jesus. In summary, I'd reiterate a few of the points we've noted earlier. We're all called to submit to those in authority, even when things don't go smoothly. A calm or gentle response is the best way to address tense situations in life. Life under the sun isn't fair. Some scheme their way to promotions and riches. Others are marginalized and ignored, even when they have wisdom to share. We're all subject to health issues, family concerns, and many other challenges. So your, my charge, the wise course of action is to seek godly wisdom, wisdom from above. Our lives under the sun should also be lived for the sun, that is, for the Lord Jesus. We should seek to grow in holiness, to be more like him on a daily basis. He alone is worthy of all blessing and glory and honor his name. Are we prepared to commit to that? I just took a, a couple of the, the sentences from the uh, the really short version of this, and thought, you know, here's a statement of com- commitment that I hope that we can all read and apply in our lives, or we're all willing to read and apply in our lives. I am committed to. I am called to obey those in authority. And will seek godly wisdom in all things. I will live for the sun while I live under the sun. Father, we thank you for the worthiness of God. We thank you that we can utterly depend upon you. That the fullness of our trust and confidence and belief and ourselves and realize that you will consistently uphold us 
You will guide us through this, the difficulties and the things of life that perplex us, cause us to become confused, even disillusioned and disappointed, Lord. But we know behind all that that you are worthy. And so today may we just lift up our voices and commit to the challenge and the commitment that has been placed on the screen that we will submit to authority and we will seek godly wisdom in the things that we do. And in all things, Lord, we will exercise that wisdom for the purpose of pleasing you. We thank you, Jesus. You are in us. You are in this place. You give us guidance and love. We praise you for what you're doing. May we go from this place encouraged, lifting up our hearts, sharing our hearts with other people. And may other people who live under the sun seek the sun, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church, where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you are in the Timmins area, or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.